today, one last studio session to wind down the long weekend as Tyler Bertuzzi lays his head down on the greener grass of Toronto. Matt Robinson here with you. Just a quick one here, just a couple minutes here tonight. I'll explain to you how this sort of fits into the timeline. Of course, many of you will have heard over the long weekend, Maddie Lang was on the podcast. Uh, That was recorded late Friday night and dropped on Saturday. Talking all things Fred Van Vliet leaving the Toronto Raptors for the uh, for the Houston Rockets. Uh, this is now around 6 p.m. on Sunday as I sit here talking to you right now. And uh, Rob's been here to record the Monday morning show. And Rob has departed to uh, carry on with his Sunday afternoon. And that uh, that show that Rob and I did covered just about everything from the last week. All the news leading up to the draft. Everything that happened around the draft, all kinds of things through the long weekend. And then Rob pieced on out of here about 2.30, 3 o'clock. And within an hour or two afterwards, word starts to break that the Toronto Maple Leafs have landed the biggest forward free agent, you'd have to say, on the market this year. And so I sort of thought about, do I just tag something on to the show that's going to drop on Monday? Or do do we just do something quick here now? And that's what we've decided to do. We'll drop the uh, the Tyler Bertuzzi thing in its own little episode here on Sunday night. And uh, everything else that has happened, uh, <laughs> like I said, it's kind of a weird timeline thing here. Rob and I have already recorded, but won't drop for you until after you hear this one. So uh, Toronto signs Tyler Bertuzzi one year, $5.5 million. And one of the things you'll hear Rob and I talk about on Monday morning is that this had been a fairly uninspiring outing thus far for new Toronto Maple Leafs GM Brad Treliving. And he had brought in Ryan Reeves. No one was particularly impressed with that. He'd brought in John Klingberg. No one was particularly impressed with that. He'd re-signed David Kampf, who I think most of us like fine enough, but he'd given him quite a raise for quite a bit of time. And I don't think anybody was quite in love with that either. So he needed to recover here somewhat. And it wasn't unknown that the Leafs were interested in Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, They had tried under the past administration with Kyle Dubas to go out and get him once or twice before. In fact, dating all the way back to Kyle Dubas' time as general manager of the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds in the Ontario Hockey League. He had tried to acquire him then, wasn't able to do so. But... During that pandemic season, uh, we heard that bubble season that the Leafs were maybe interested. And I don't want to make this a whole thing. I don't really feel like getting into it. But Tyler Bertuzzi, unvaccinated, wasn't willing to get vaccinated. And so, of course, at that time, could not be traded to a Canadian team. Uh, And since then, he's gone on to play pretty well. And there was another report a year or so ago, maybe a little earlier than that that Toronto had been interested again and just wasn't able to uh, to pull it off. So last year, Bertuzzi goes to, uh, he starts the season in Detroit, uh, then goes to Boston. He gets traded there for a conditional first-round pick. He does miss about a month of the season with a hand injury. He had to have surgery on it. So last year, he only plays, I believe it was about 50 games, And in that time, he puts up a fairly unremarkable eight goals and 30 points. So nothing really to write home about over the course of the season. But if you go back a year previous to the 2021-22 season, in 68 games, he put up a 30-goal, 62-point year. And now that is something you're interested in, right? 
And you sort of start to look at this being a replacement for Michael Bunting, who obviously left, has signed a contract in Carolina, and was basically, I don't know, Bunting had become a problem in Toronto towards the end of the year. Leaf fans, rightly or wrongly, believed that he was now being targeted by the officials, and there was some evidence to support that, but he's also a bit of a shithead, and that's the way he plays, so he is going to take some penalties. Uh, of course, he then gets suspended in round one of the playoffs. You start to wonder whether that damages his reputation, even amongst his own teammates and coaching staff. Uh, he was a Scarborough guy. You got him on a cheap deal. He came in, had back-to-back 23-goal seasons at a really low price, and so you got all the value you could after that, and it was time to move on. He, I believe, got $4.5 million in Carolina, which is about right. Like It's not terrible for a 20-odd goal scorer. Whether he's able to do that again, we'll see. You see this often enough with a lot of guys, right? He was playing with Matthews and Marner most of the time. Is he going to be able to continue to be a 23-goal pace type of guy? He might be. There's some talent there in Carolina. But, you know, is he a guy who creates that for himself? Or is he a guy who needs that elite kind of centerman-winger combination to kind of help him get that done? I think he's worth the money that Carolina is paying him, but he wasn't going to get that in Toronto, especially with the hit that his reputation had taken and the spotlight that was on him here with the Leafs. So coming out of Saturday, they had lost Bunting, they'd lost Kerfoot, they had lost Justin Hall, they'd lost Ryan O'Reilly and Luke Shen, and they'd only replaced a couple of those spots, right? It was Ryan Reeves being brought in. He's not going to bring you any offense. And John Klingberg might, bring you some offense, but he's going to give up a ton defensively. So it hadn't been a great start. And so when you see this rumor coming and you start to hear that the Leafs are still in on Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi, I got to be honest with you, I wasn't particularly excited about either one of them. And one of the reasons why, mainly with Tyler Bertuzzi, was that injury history And the fact that as the number one free agent forward out there, you are probably going to have to commit some years to that. 5.5, which is what the Leafs signed him for, uh, $5.5 million, probably about what he was always going to get. Like, I think that's sort of in the neighborhood. But I assumed you were going to have to do that times four years, times five years, something like that. And that made me really uncomfortable, given the injury history. I wouldn't have wanted to do that. So I don't really understand why he's taken that, but just for one year with the Leafs now. Uh, Fluto Shinzawa, who covers the Boston Bruins in the Athletic, has said that the Bruins were sort of under the same impression that I was. Obviously, they would have spoken to him. They wanted to keep him. And he was looking for a longer-term deal at about that money, and they weren't able to commit that to him. They are in some cap trouble there in Boston that's going to stretch out based on some bonuses here for a little while, and so they didn't want to go long-term with him either. And so he goes to market. Obviously, he's hearing some different offers from around the league, and when it drops here on Sunday night that he has taken an offer from Toronto, $5.5 million for one year, Boston, according to Shinzawa, kind of caught off guard by that. Not just that they lost this guy, not just that they lost him to a deal that they probably would have made had they known it was only going to be one year, but they've lost them to a rival, right? Like somebody in their division that they're going to be doing battle with here. So a bit of a disaster for the Bruins. 
and honestly, as we sit here now, as I said, it was the term that would have scared me off of Tyler Bertuzzi, and you didn't give him any. So even if this doesn't really work, and let's not, you know, let's not try and paint this uh, with two rose-colored glasses here for the Leafs. The Leafs need this to work. They need him to be healthy. But if he's not, there's no risk here, right? At the end of the year, see ya, gone. Uh, This year, they will still be damaged, but they won't be damaged for two, three, four more years out if this guy's body falls apart on him. So he's going to come to Toronto. He's going to play for a year, probably on a line with either Matthews and Nylander or Tavares and Marner and pump those numbers up even a little bit more if all things go correctly. Next summer, that cap goes up about $4 million as we're all predicting. There's a little more money in the system and he's able to go out then and say to somebody, okay, now I want $6 million and I want it for four years and I just had a 70-point season. That's entirely possible that that's what happens now, right, after playing with some of these Leafs. We've seen it happen a few times. The Leafs bring in a guy for one year, pump his tires because they get to play on this, uh, you know, pretty talented offensive team, and then they carry on and go make their money somewhere else. If it works out better than that, maybe he does decide he wants to stay. Maybe the Leafs decide they want to keep him. But for one year at $5.5 million, this is terrific value. This is Almost exactly what they needed. When you look at a Michael Bunting replacement, you didn't just replace Michael Bunting. You got a guy better than Michael Bunting who does a lot of those Michael Bunting things. The guy's kind of greasy, right? He's physical. He gets to the inside. These are things that you need somebody to do. And all of a sudden, I'm still not sure what the bottom six is going to look like. But if you're somebody who liked what you saw out of Matthew Nyes, and I'm one of those people, that top six suddenly looks pretty good. Now, there's still a little concern about John Tavares in the middle and whether or not you need to go out and try and find someone else to play center there. But through the regular season, there's no doubt this will be fine. And let's say, for argument's sake, you go Bertuzzi, Matthews, Nylander, Matthew Nyes, John Tavares, Mitch Marner, that's a pretty good top six. And you have that option on the power play as well. Whether you want to split it up, whether you want to load up one unit, whatever you want to do. You have a greasy guy who's willing to go to the front of the net and bang shit in that way. This is a nice signing for one year at $5.5 million. Uh, And it'll, you know, it'll either be a risk that pays off or doesn't, but for both sides. And you can re-decide, you can revisit uh, at the end of this season whether or not you want to bring him back. Right, so... There's still holes uh, in the bottom six. You know, David Kampf and Callie Yarncroak and, you know, I, I don't know who else is going to play on that third line with them. And to me, David Kampf is a fourth-line center. Then on the fourth line is Pontus Holmberg and Ryan Reeves and, I don't know, Bobby McMahon maybe. Is Nick Robertson going to finally step in, stay healthy and contribute something? Uh, the defense as well looks pretty suspect to me right now. So I'm not yet calling this offseason a win for the Leafs. But today, Sunday, makes Saturday look way less devastating than it looked before this signing. Getting Tyler Bertuzzi, the top forward on the market, for only a one-year deal with no risk tied to it at not a crazy cap hit, this is a nice move for the Leafs. Again, doesn't necessarily mean this has been a nice start to free agency, 
But this move in particular, in isolation, is a nice move. It's the type of guy they needed to go out and get. And as I said, doesn't just replace what Michael Bunting did. Does everything Michael Bunting did, but better. Stronger, better reputation, better scorer, all of that stuff. As I said, in 2021-22, Tyler Bertuzzi does uh, 30 goals and 62 points in 68 games. I don't think anyone would be surprised if Tyler Bertuzzi stays healthy this year, playing on a line with either Matthews and Marner or Tavares and Nylander, however those guys are going to be shuffled. If he cracks 30 goals again, that would not shock anybody at this point. At least it shouldn't, right? This is a guy who can do that. So this is a show-me deal on both sides. He's going to come in, decide whether he wants to be part of the Leafs long-term. He's also going to, you know, inflate, in theory, his own value. And, you know, they'll decide if they want to keep him. He'll decide if he wants to stay. And in theory, even if he doesn't want to stay, he'll walk out of here uh, next summer being able to say, yeah, I just did 5.5 times one year. I'm ready to do six, 6.5 times three years. And I bet you if he has the kind of year I expect he'll have, he'll have that leverage in his back pocket on this day a year from now. So this will be quick. That's it. That's all we'll hit on this one. Like I said, everything else that's happened around the draft, around free agency, uh, all of that is on the Monday morning episode of the podcast with Rob uh, covered all kinds of ground. I'm sure you guys will enjoy that one. Uh, Tons of info and opinion there uh, as always. Uh, Lots of talk as I sit here right now. I'm just scrolling Twitter to make sure this isn't done and I'm not going to be in here again in 20 minutes doing another show. Apparently, Leafs still in on Max Domi. I'm not as interested in that. I don't love that as much, Uh, but nothing official at this point. So uh, we'll uh, we'll be able to wrap this up here with with the news that so far, no Max Domi contract. And if there is one, I'm not coming back in here for Max. We'll uh, we'll cover it later in the week. Uh, Like I said, Rob and I in here Monday morning. That'll be episode 1137. This has been episode 1136. Thanks for checking it out. Uh, Just a quickie to talk a little Tyler Bertuzzi. Hope you all had a great long weekend. We'll see you Monday morning.